0: You are listening to the Therefore I Geek Podcast, Episode 63. Yeah. What is it good
1: for? Absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again, y'all. Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Listen to me.
0: Welcome to the Therefore I Geek podcast episode number 63. Yeah, hello, everybody. It is your favorite sidekick, Dude.
1: And your other favorite sidekick, Becky.
0: This is the B-Squad team <laughs> because we were the only ones that got to the theater this weekend. Yeah, we, see, we rocked know. it. Everyone's favorite bromance breakup this weekend in 2016. <sighs> Iron Man throws down with Captain America.
1: I feel like we should put up a spoiler warning, but pretty much the entire movie was just uh, Captain America is fighting Iron Man. Spoiler alert.
0: If I'm, I forgot to pull it up, but I should look up the box office. First off, the box office numbers are coming in from Europe an entire week before the movie was released here. And now it's made like half a billion dollars or something. It's the fifth highest grossing film of all time. So if you haven't seen it already... You're the loser. You're the problem here. And I really don't think this is an appropriate title. It's Captain America. Oh, so uh, like,
1: it should have been be- Avengers Three.
0: Yeah, Avengers. Like- <laughs> I would called it Avengers Two B. That's what I would have called this. Avengers Two A or Avengers Two Point One.
1: Okay, okay, but point is, it wasn't actually a Captain America movie. Right. Like,
0: let's just let's just do a quick roundup of what this film was. Captain America: Civil War <laughs> is the third film in the. Captain America trilogy as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe launched in 2008 with the first Iron Man movie. The basic narrative is the world has kind of gotten sick of the collateral damage the Avengers have inflicted upon the planet and are going to try and bring them to heal or at least under some kind of control. This is based on the 2007 to 2008 run of the Marvel Universe comic book series Civil War, the same name things are a little bit different but the major idea is the government wants to bring superpowered humans under control because of these kind of events that get out of hand now we won't talk about the comic book too much maybe just a little context here and there but that's the basic idea of the film as the movie progresses we progresses we start to learn that some of the mayhem the avengers have caused has actually been the work of a more nefarious mastermind to bring about a little more uh mayhem of his own for his own personal reasons. Uh, The film features Chris Evans returning as Captain America and also features now uh, Robert Downey Jr. kind of almost subverting the man's movie as the villain anti-hero antagonist. And the cast is filled out with pretty much everyone from all the previous movies. Scarlett Johansson is back, Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Paul... Benetti, I think the guy as Vision, Elizabeth Olsen, and Paul Rudd makes an appearance as Ant-Man. We have Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, and even Spider-Man shows up. Uh, the yes. Tom Holland. So I'm going to ask Becky, you saw it. <laughs> when did you see it? Did you see it Friday or I, Saturday?
1: I saw it Friday.
0: All right, I saw it Saturday. It was almost sold out. We actually had to go see Green Room first and <laughs> wait to get tickets to the late 3D show. Uh, in Fashion Valley Mall. So how did your audience react? How did you react? How did you feel?
1: Our audience was actually really good. And I have to say, I I kind of hate going to the movies nowadays. Audience members are so rude. I remember when we saw Batman versus Superman, there was somebody who was actually like recording one of the fight scenes with their cell phone up in the air. It's just so rude.
0: Like they were at but, a concert. Like they were yes. like, holding it in between the seats the way you're no. supposed to like straight up in the air though, since cash sponsor. Absolutely. So
1: people I don't know. I feel like audience members need a lesson in etiquette, except for the audience at this showing that I went to because they were great and everybody, you know, we all just reacted at the same time to everything and the audience really seemed to dig it. I was digging it. Um, so you like I like it wasn't the best Marvel movie. Um, you know it had some issues, but you know it was a good movie. Certainly, how did you feel about it?
0: I hated almost every minute of one <laughs> <laughs> Well, I perfect. Really We're have- gonna
1: have our own civil war here.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is good. I have Rotten Tomatoes pulled up, and I was trying to figure out where this landed amongst all the films. Right now, it's sitting at a ninety percent, so that sits mm-hmm. it in between Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy as far as critical response. And again, it was the fifth highest grossing film. So, I mean, this is this is a big deal.
1: So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it was very well received. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for it at all. <laughs> um, I, I had a lot of problems from the movie from almost from the beginning and just the way it was. My main problem with the movie is the way it's filmed. Uh, do you remember Les Miserables from like two, three years ago? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> you do. Do you remember the very awkward and uncomfortable close-ups that movie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> To me, and maybe this is because I was sitting so close to the screen, this movie was nothing but awkward close-ups. like In the nostrils of so—what's that scene towards the end where Bucky and Captain America are in the elevator— and their face, like their faces, are on two uh, opposite sides of the screen. They're both profile. It looks like they were gonna make out. They were so <laughs> close together, and the camera was so zoomed in. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention in our synopsis that Bucky features prominently in this because yes. he is yes, he does. a lot of these things. But I, I had, oh, just so many problems with this movie from almost the start. Primarily, the narrative failure. I agree. <laughs> changing. First, we're gonna talk about. I mean, the narrative falls apart. First, it's about government control of superheroes, which coincidentally is almost kind of what Batman vs. Superman w- was going for. This how do we as a society and government respond to superpowered people, which is well, what Mark Millar was asking in the original comic. Yeah. And it was a, a very compelling question, and I thought, Superman, Batman vs. Superman did okay trying to tackle this. Mm-hmm. And I thought this one started out okay, bringing back uh, William Hurt, as Ross, I thought was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then it just falls apart because then it becomes oh, there's this dude out there who's really behind all of it, and he's gonna get super soldiers. And it's that very um James Bondy type plot where early on the bad guy gets away with it, but it's okay because the next step of his plan will be worse.
1: And yeah. That's what stop it-, it was And then it became the winter soldier killed my mom. Yeah, okay. I had a really big issue with how the hell did Captain America know that
0: Bucky oh, I don't killed, know. killed Tony to him, Stark's like, parents? Like, did you know this happened? Well, I didn't know it was him. Did you know? Yeah, I know. What?
1: Right. And and I was half expecting, and this is really the only explanation I came up with, is it was one of those bullshit like, well, I knew in my heart. I just didn't want to admit that it was true. But seriously, how? Th- there's no reason why Captain America would have known Certainly that not. Bucky... Killed Tony Stark's parents. How he what? knew the details of their murder, anyway? Uh, yeah, that that part really that bothered me.
0: Got too much. It just it, by that point, the film to me had lost control of its story. Yeah, and we had we had lost control of what we were talking about.
1: I agree. I think that was probably my biggest issue is that it was lacking in a coherent story. The entire movie was just a setup for the fight scenes, and the yeah. fight scenes. Were awesome. The big fight scene with all of the superheroes was, in my opinion, fantastic.
0: Like yeah, the big uh, airport scene. Yes. Yeah, I had problems with. Um, I'm going to reference another film. I don't know if you've seen it. The second James Bond. Film with to feature Daniel Craig, uh, Quantum of Solace. Did you see that one? Uh,
1: I think I may have. Uh, may- you'll have to jog my well, memory.
0: I, yeah, my main, the, the whole idea behind that film was Bond was trying to stop some terrorists from stealing water from Bolivia or something like that. And my main problem with Quantum of Solace was the way it was filmed. Is that the action sequences were very tight and very shaky, and I felt. The vast majority of the action, se- and again, maybe I was sitting too close to the screen and I was, I was wearing the 3D glasses so that <laughs> could affect this. I thought the action sequences were very shaky and hard to watch and they weren't clean and the fight scenes didn't have punch to them. I felt the action scenes, while epic in certain points, I felt lacked visceralness. Okay. And so I was very disappointed in the action sequences. Well, of the film.
1: And I saw, I saw it in 2D. And I was sitting further back, so maybe that impacted it. But I've also, I think I've always been a fan of the dialogue more than the action. And when you get Spider-Man and Ant-Man in there, like the two of them stole the whole fight scene with their dialogue, especially Spider-Man and his constant talking, which, you know, is a trademark of Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I haven't seen the previous to spider mans the amazing Spider-Man uh-huh. series, but I, in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, he's not a smart aleck at all. Right. And they bring that back, which was nice, but it led to another problem I had with the film was, and kind of dovetails back to the narrative, to me, they shoehorned so much stuff in here that it didn't have a good logical flow. So, let's go back to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know the scene where Black Widow is like, I've got a plan and it's downstairs referring to Black Panther? Yeah. And Tony goes, I got a plan. And they're like, where's your plan? And it cuts to Queens. Oh, and by the way, did <laughs> it, it not annoy you that every time they changed location, big white letters came across the screen to tell us we were somewhere else? I don't know. After a while, I was like, I get it. We're, <laughs> we're somewhere else.
1: I didn't <laughs> mind Why? that. Because I often have a problem with when movies don't give you enough information. You're like, wait, where the hell are we? When are we? I don't know what's going on. So, I, I don't know. I appreciate being told where we are.
0: I maybe mean, add in some dialogue or maybe, like, you know, be <laughs> subtle at the bottom of the screen. It was like, Berlin! <laughs> You're in Cleveland! Right now! But Spider-Man in the film felt so shoehorned. And he's, he, he features prominently in the comic book series. But it's much more logical. He's a much older character in the comic. And, and he's doing this, all this stuff for Tony Stark because he's afraid for his wife and stuff like that. In this one, Tony Stark shows up and goes, ah, uh, you're Spider-Man, come on, I need you to go kick some dude's ass. And to me, it just felt so shoehorned. Yeah, I'll give you this, the the, the Spider-Man smack talk was pretty good, <laughs> but did you notice he didn't have Spidey sense? What do you mean? One of the things about Spider-Man's powers is that he can sense when danger is coming yeah. from behind him or around him so that he almost has precognitive abilities to duck and dodge. Yeah. When someone's- he got blindsided four times in that fight. And I'm sitting there going, where's his Spidey sense? He should, Spider-Man should be ducking on this stuff. He should be, he should be getting like pummeled by Falcon and blindsided by a little robot over and over again. I was, I don't know if they're going to yeah. add that later, but I thought, where's the Spidey sense?
1: What I have been saying is the best part about this movie was all of the superheroes. The worst part about this movie was all of the superheroes because we, did, we didn't have enough time to get to know anybody. I mean, this movie is called Captain America and he, I don't think he was even in it for half of the movie because we're following around Tony. And then we've got to get introduced to Black Panther. And then we've got to get introduced to Spider-Man. And oh, here, here's Ant-Man again. Let's remind you what his powers are.
0: I'll actually defend the film in this respect because it is a superhero film. And I am not one of those people who need my superheroes to be fleshed out, three-dimensional characters. I'm actually okay with them kind of having the depth of a professional wrestler. <laughs> I think, I really, I really mean it. Like, I remember watching some documentary on pro wrestling a while ago, and they talked about how the reason why pro wrestling is kind of, it's not, you know, popular with me, but it's popular because these characters just kind of represent singular human emotions. So, you know, Tony Stark is just kind of arrogance, and you know, Captain America is by the book, and Spider Man is, you know, a dirtbag, a dirt or you've got all these characteristics where I'm okay with them just being one dimensional, one, one aspect of humanity, and then butt kickers, as far as superhero film is concerned. If we were talking about you know, the next Braun Howard film, then you know maybe I would want some character development. But you're right. The movie was two and a half hours long. There was so much going on. We didn't have time to stop and talk about feelings.
1: Not that we have to stop and talk about feelings, but it was like the first hour and a half is just talking about politics and not actually delving into characters at all. And then the last half is just fighting and not delving into characters at all. The
0: politics to me was interesting. I I really liked certain parts of it and I liked how the movie had an interesting perspective that I didn't quite expect it to go was really the movie fell in line with Captain America's point of view and it did a fairly good job of showing how once the government gets a hold of these powers, these people with powers it is set to abuse them. Ross once he gets Tony Stark under his thumb basically just abuses that power right away. He cuts he cuts him out of the decision-making process. He tells him where to go, when to go, all this stuff that Rogers was afraid of. And that surprised me. I didn't expect them to be that explicitly anti-government in in this film. I thought they would play and try and play it both sides fair. But I thought the politics and the philosophy behind it were interesting. I, I, I get a kick at it, stuff like that.
1: I am wondering why the Secretary of State is... Hanging out in the super high security prison. I
0: feel like the secretary of defense,
1: secretary of defense. I thought he was secretary of state.
0: No, he was secretary of state. Yes. But you think it'd be. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Secretary of state is uh, in an office somewhere. Right. Not actually at the prison.
0: What is your opinion on vision? Because (sighs) I difficult character of this. He is so out of place. Yes. I don't know why he's here. He didn't make sense in Ultron. He's making less sense in this film. I don't think this character being a big deal in any of the comic book iterations. And he just now he's here and he's just annoying.
1: Well, I think that's part of his character is that he's out of place. He's Mm -hmm. just this thing that was created and he doesn't know who he is or what his purpose is. But he's more intelligent and powerful than all of these people, but he doesn't know what to do with it, what the purpose of it is. He doesn't... Well,
0: I get that. I, I'm talking specifically from a movie perspective. Yeah. This character just didn't belong in this <laughs> franchise, in my opinion.
1: I think it was more, if you've got the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. you need Vision to balance her out. And, you know, starting to develop that relationship that we started to see in this movie between the two of them.
0: That kinda um, awkward too, because that was kinda awkward. It was
1: it was it was kinda awkward.
0: It's <laughs> Like let's not. Let's not. Let's not this stuff. We already had one really awkward kiss <laughs> under a bridge that had no reason to being in this movie. Let's not make it weird. Luckily they didn't
1: Okay, I have to say that that kiss and then the reaction of Sam and Bucky was perfect after Sharon and Cap kiss and Sam and Bucky are in the car and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) that was one of my favorite things about this movie too, was the competitive friendship between Sam and Bucky. You've got Cap's old best friend and Cap's Mm -hmm. new best friend. And the two of them have this love hate relationship. I have to respect you because you're friends with my buddy, but At the same time, I'm not really a fan of you. And I I liked the two of them. Every time they were on screen together, they were entertaining.
0: I wish the film made the Winter Soldier a little bit more tougher. So this dude is out there. This guy is trying to manipulate the Winter Soldier. So I, what I thought the movie was trying to make us feel is when Winter Soldier gets activated, he's a badass. He's going to clear house. And... I didn't really get that feeling because he gets his butt kicked in almost every scene. So I didn't really... I was a little disappointed in the way they treated Winter Soldier as kind of a Vegeta-level punching bag of, yeah, he's a tough guy, but everyone else can kind of beat the crap out of him. And I don't I, know I, about I, that. I mean... Yeah, Panther beat him, kicked him around. Uh, Captain America kicked him around. Iron Man kicks him around. He gets kicked around pretty nicely in the airport scene. I, was, I wanted the more... Badass Winter Soldier. And we kinda got the punching bag, Winter Soldier. Well And also one thing I did notice, I'll point this out, the German special forces have fantastic aim because they must have hit his arm a thousand times and missed every other aspect of his body. (laughs) How many times are they gonna hit a dude in the arm? They're the most non-lethal special forces in the universe. Well,
1: I have to say I think I'm going to defend uh him being a tough guy because we actually only really see him as the Winter Soldier really once in this movie. Um right. after he's been activated by the fake psychiatrist. And he does a pretty good job of kicking ass when he's under the trance or the hypnosis or whatever uh when Thanks. he's been activated. Emo, yes. Emo. Uh okay.
0: That's the villain of this film.
1: Yes. The villain whose purpose I was a little unclear on. He just wanted the Avengers to, you know, go after them, each other. It- this
0: is where I think the the film kind of fails in its motivation is people are mad at what happened in Stakovia, which I found really funny because... There's way more collateral damage in the first Avengers film. In the second Avengers film, and we know Josh Whedon went out of his way to not show collateral damage and to show the Avengers doing everything they can to get people to safety. Right. So then, in the following film, <laughs> we are supposed to believe that the Avengers caused all this damage and are now being held responsible for it. It's being With one character early on in the film going so far as to call Iron Man a murderer, and I'm sitting there going, of all the things to pick, Stakovia is the worst example. Like, Lagos kind of made more sense because they messed up early in the film, that, that Lagos scene. Yeah. Or Vienna is even more interesting because it was a bombing. Stachovia, there's a giant robot army trying to drop this thing on the planet. And right. the Avengers got, like, most everyone out of there. And the dude's motivation was, I wanted to watch the battle with my family, and then a building fell on us. <laughs> so it's the Avengers' fault i was like, you got to be joking.
1: Yeah. And it, I, I did not understand his motivation.
0: And I thought it kind of violated the spirit of the original story, which was that none of that crap happened. It was truly an ideological fight between Iron Man and Captain America. And I wish it had stayed that way instead of just getting just twisted into first this guy's messing with us and then he killed my mom. And then it was, what's
1: well, I think it all boils down to everybody's individual perspective. What's important to all of us. Like Viola Davis, her son was important to her and from her perspective, the Avengers killed her son. And
0: to mentioned that her perspective makes no damn sense.
1: <laughs> from like- a mother's <laughs> perspective,
0: no sense. I just feel like that needs to be added. Like you killed my son. That- That doesn't
1: make sense no it's true obviously iron man and all of the avengers had no intention of killing innocent people but it happens and from the perspective of the survivors of that yeah you could be angry now we all know hey it would have been a lot worse if the whole world had died But to a parent, if your child dies, that's pretty much the same as your whole world dying. But it's everybody, everybody was out for their own interests. Cap is out to protect Bucky. Iron Man
0: is, is... Cap was out to A, protect Bucky, then B, to not be controlled, and then C, to fight Zemo, prevent Zemo from getting super soldiers that never happened. Right. I, again, that was just so sloppy. That's my main problem with this.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I mean, like I said, it was not my favorite Marvel movie. I don't think it was the most well done,
0: but it had some good parts what, to it. Think about Black Panther being introduced in this. Uh huh. What did you think of Black Panther? I will just go ahead and say I was disappointed. I thought Black Panther came off as silly and kind of laughable. Instead of cool, what was your perspective on it?
1: Yeah, I could see that perspective. I thought he, he was
0: claws that came out like when his little claws came out, like it was like, Sink! I just think of Meg from Family Guy. Had, like, claws <laughs> I grow, remember that episode, and it's like, ow, did you draw? Ow, that hurt. Did you draw blood? No, but but ow, still, like I didn't, and I didn't care for the actor, the actor, um, Chadwick Bo, um, Boseman. Mostly a television actor. You look up a lot of his stuff. He played uh, Jackie Robinson in 42 Mm. um, a little while ago. But most of his credits are TV. And I'm kind of like, is this this dude's going to lead a new superhero franchise? Okay.
1: I thought he did well. I liked the character. I liked that he went after. I mean, he was the only one who followed Cap and Iron Man and Bucky. I mean, I think he was the only one who really could. But he had his own motivations. Like, everybody was just out to avenge, which is why it should have been called the Avengers 3 or 2 point whatever. But he was just out to avenge his dad. By the
0: way, I don't know how he survived the blast and his dad didn't. Because he's mid-air, the blast goes off, that guy should have been shredded by glass. He lands, he's fine, but his daddy's dead. I'm like, yeah, that works.
1: Oh, and they said twelve people died in that blast. I was like, more than twelve people died in that blast. That was an insane blast. But I don't know. Maybe his dad hit his head down head on the way down or something. It, I mean, he went through quite like it seemed like he was against the. I, I don't know. I'm gonna call it the Registration Act because it just reminded me of the X Men. Like, well,
0: that's what it was reg- called. Like, huh? it was it was called in the comic the registration.
1: Okay. So it, it seemed like he was against the registration and then actually I couldn't I couldn't get a feel for what his politics were at all cuz he was like the token prince who doesn't want to follow in his dad's footsteps and then 2 seconds into the movie, "Oh, you're king now.
0: He just wants to be the action hero. I don't want to be the politician."
1: Right, which is a cliche that we've seen in many a movie. Um, I'm okay. With no, I thought that was fine.
0: I, I feel like I've said all I get. I will say this: I, I, I want to say something controversial. I'll will do something controversial. And I noticed this. This is just kinda, kind of my pet peeve. Um, you had you had two like female superheroes here. Hmm. noticed something the, during like all the fights, the male superheroes got pretty nicely bloodied, and I didn't see like a single female superhero even get punched. And, like these are supposed to be like super women who can like throw down with the guys and they didn't even get like, they kind of got like Scarlet with black, Witch kind of got choked and that was about it. Like their hair barely got mussed up. In this.
1: Oh, don't even get me started on women's hair in action movies. Cause it's freaking you know what, ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, Sam uh, Falcon had a, a bruise on his face. Don Cheadle's paralyzed. Right. Tony Stark has a black eye the entire film and like nothing happens to Scarlet Witch or Black Widow, Black Widow. And even this is something that kind of finally hit me in this scene is when 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 you see Winter Soldier kill Tony Stark's dad, it's actually a fairly graphic scene. He's like hit in the head. But when it comes and it it made sense because this is uh, someone watching this said it made a lot of sense because you wanted to make it look like an impact hit. From a car accident by the way airbags didn't deploy they had him in 1991 <laughs> and but then he chokes stark's mom right and then it happens below the screen i thought, was, I thought that was really weird i didn't know I, it, I did
1: think about that too because if you choke somebody there's going to be signs on the body of choking yeah. I definitely was thinking about that. Like, if he really wanted to make this look like an accident, I would not choke somebody.
0: Yeah, I just noticed, I thought the film kind of beat the hell out of its male stars, which I was fine with. Like, that's a superhero film. But I, I kind of thought the female stars got off scot-free a little bit. Yeah. Like These are, these are tough, because I, I think in superhero films, gender doesn't really matter, right? It's your power. Right. Uh, She-Hulk can kick the crap out of Daredevil. Like no 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 hands down. There's no. Doesn't matter if one's a guy or a girl. Yeah. So you got it. You you throw down like you throw down. I thought the film was. Maybe I'm reading more into this. I thought it was playing. You know, kind of touchy feely with the female stars.
1: Yeah, I will say. uh, But you 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 correct me if you feel
0: different. You're a girl. uh, No.
1: (laughs) From the female perspective, their hair, and makeup is ridiculous. That is that is my biggest complaint in every action movie where there is a female action star. I'll say in Scarlet Witch's defense, you know, her powers, she doesn't have to go at, like, she doesn't have to physically get involved in the fight because her powers allow her to throw a punch without having to...
0: I'm not even sure what her make, powers are. Well... Just, right? Stuff that... that. Burns and twists and punches. She just makes red stuff happen.
1: Yes. But point is, she doesn't have to make any physical contact with anybody. So, and it's... I imagine it would be difficult for anybody to make physical contact with her because she can make, like, a force field or whatever. Because she can literally do anything. Uh, With Black Widow, I know, like, she and Hawkeye were going at it and fighting in the big scene. And he was going easy on her because scarlet witch said you were pulling your punches
0: and my response to that out loud in the theater was he's not throwing punches true in early scenes when she goes she attacks bucky bucky tries to choke her and he gets his snot kicked out of him and then crossbones tries to choke her it's like stop choking black widow (laughs) really good at getting out of that
1: yeah but at least in the big fight scene, she and Hawkeye are fighting, and w- with them, they're best friends, so it feels like they're just kind of playing around. And then we don't see her for most of the rest of the fight until yeah. she, she shows up at the hangar where the like super jet is that Cap and Bucky are headed for. And I think we pretty much know that she's kind of on both sides the entire movie yeah she's on team iron man but really she's just gonna do her own thing because that's what she does so it, it, at least in the big fight scene you know i understand why she wasn't as uh bruised as everybody else but yeah i mean
0: you can't which threw her into a bus or something like... i know
1: uh <laughs> but does her she... hair I... is gonna be perfect <laughs> regardless Cause you can't make Scarlett Johansson ugly in a movie. That would ruin box office sales.
0: I don't think you can make Scarlett Johansson ugly. Period.
1: Well, there's that. But
0: what is your favorite Black Widow hairstyle? Because I'm still partial to the uh, straight hairstyle from Winter Soldier.
1: Hmm. Favorite. I don't know. I I just wish I had her hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any of any of her hairstyles and. I wish that I could get my hair to stay looking that good just while walking my dog, let alone Ah. fighting off the bad guys or fighting off my friends. From a feminist's view, that is a really sad thing that all the women have perfect hair and perfect makeup the entire time, because in actuality, you're sweating and your curls will fall and don't even get me started.
0: I'm get, already started. It's fine. Yeah, and you get punched by a dude in an iron suit. It right. It just happens. I, just, I, I was curious because I'm sitting there like, you know, I thought feminists wanted women to like be on the same level as their superhero counterparts. And yeah. in the superhero world, that makes perfect sense, which means you're going to get punched.
1: Right. Which, uh, hey, maybe that's why we haven't had a Black Widow movie yet because she would have to get punched and...
0: I understand people don't want to see it. I mean, and I'm actually one of those folks who I'm totally on board with the Black Widow movie. I think you could do some cool stuff with that.
1: I think most people are on board with that. I think Hollywood just doesn't want to give Scarlett Johansson a black eye. Like,
0: well, uh... and I'll say this much: she is she. It had, does have a really crowded schedule, so it could just be scheduling. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff in between the films. that, that just now she's the big action star. I mean, she's going to do Ghost in the Shell. That's going to be a big deal. I don't know if she's going to have time to do other stuff. I, And I don't even know what she's under contract for. They may not... I, I'd have to go do a little extra research on it now that we're bringing it up, and I can I can probably track it down some, but what her contract actually entails. They may not have just contracted her to do a Black Widow film, and she may not want to do one.
1: Well, I, I've seen interviews where she has said oh, that, she she, has. that she would like to do one. Okay. Um, now, I... Yeah
0: yeah it's, just, it's all about you know availability and contract well. right
1: right but yeah i mean punch tony stark's mom it'll all, it'll make us all uncomfortable yes but yeah. why is punching a guy to death okay and punching a woman to death not okay i mean well, let's I, I, let's be superhero. honest. In real life, that yeah, is life, not. A in, lot of that. <laughs> in real life, that's not a good thing for any gender. But yeah, there there should not be a double standard.
0: I stretch this in superhero films.
1: Right. <laughs> like in
0: real life, like don't do what Ray Rice did or Johnny Manziel did. Girl punching, not good. Right. Right. In real life, don't girl punch. <laughs> in movies, it's all pretend. <laughs> Plus, she might actually kill you in the movie. Look at Scarlet Witch. Yeah. She is nasty. All right, so <laughs> I let let's just wrap. I think we've said everything we can say about this film. It is it, it is at least a fun film I think for most people. Yes. It's getting a lot of critical praise which surprises me. I just found it incredibly frustrating about a third of the way through the film. I was kind of out of it and didn't care and with every little twist annoyed me. So I rate this film fairly low, you know, in the in the one to two out of five range uh what
1: about yourself i'd give it three and a half okay three and a half maybe four it's
0: out of five or out of ten out out of five out of five you had a lot of fun watching
1: i i had fun watching it it wasn't the best but uh and i had issues with the narrative and the story as well but the fight scenes were really cool so and gotta love the star wars reference that spider-man
0: made just oh i missed it It remind me
1: uh when he goes do you guys remember that really old movie oh yeah empire strikes back
0: (laughs) yeah yeah when when ant-man is gigantic man yes i thought that was that was kind of cool
1: yeah so it was it was little things like that that made the movie enjoyable because yeah the story was hard to follow
0: well i mean it was easy to follow because everywhere they told they told you where they were germany (laughs) poland queens (laughs) queens all right so that being said uh let's do the what are you into this week what have you been reading watching following what is on your mind what do we what do we, should the people know that you know right
1: now uh recently i've been re-watching the tutors i've never watched that you've never seen the tutors it's Not. I, I I like the series. It's pretty good. It's, you know, lots of people have historical issues with it because um, every historical thing is never 100% accurate, but it's a fun show. And we went to free comic book day yesterday. Yeah, we uh,
0: missed that. How oh, did you... how
1: did you miss free comic book day? Geek card is being revoked.
0: Oh, it's because I was working overtime yesterday. Oh. Both of us were working overtime yesterday.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, so we went to free comic book day and I ended up at one of the shops we went to because we went to a couple Mm -hmm. there was a graphic novel about prepping for a wedding so I bought that because (laughs) (laughs) in case you all don't know in two months Andrew and I are getting married so I was like yeah a comic graphic novel about the stresses of putting a wedding together so I bought that and I'll probably be reading that in between setting up appointments with the DJ and the photographer and all that jazz. How about you? What are you into?
0: I, I had a really busy week, so I wasn't actually able to finish. I'm still trying to finish this book on Spartacus. Hmm. Uh, and I want to see the television show. I know it was out for like three, four scenes. I haven't seen it. It's trying to finish Spartacus. I'm trying to finish Mouth Guard. And I'm trying to finish a few other things that I just whatever reason, this week did not allow me. I'd try and finish something a week, and I at least one graphic novel a week, and I dug out a whole bunch the other day and wasn't able to get to any of them. So I'm actually way, way, way behind on, on a few things. I, I did get a chance to see Green Room, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a, a really cool kind of suspense thriller slasher about a band on the road kind of a a no-name punk band on the road in the the Pacific Northwest. They witness a murder in a green room while doing a a kind of uh, gig for what they find out are a bunch of neo-Nazi skinheads. Oh, fun. And they have to try and fight their way out of it. Patrick Stewart, uh, Captain Picard and Xavier for everybody, is the leader of the skinheads, and he delivers a fantastic performance. It's really worth watching just for his performance. And it was very reminiscent of John Goodman's performance in 10 Cloverfield Lane earlier in the year. And much like that film, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Green Room had fantastic performances, but it didn't deliver in the third act. I thought, and this happens a lot with movies that have kind of dynamic bad guys who are really smart. They just make really dumb errors that allow the heroes of the film to get away and you know it just the third act didn't deliver it kind of let me down i thought it was setting itself up for a very dark ending and it kind of was a little too positive it, it felt out of place um and very abrupt hmm. so it still worth seeing just for uh geeks to see patrick stewart as a neo-nazi skinhead bad guy
1: yeah that's very interesting
0: <laughs> so that's it for me i think i think that's it right i think we've covered all the bases i all think right, so go- too good if you like what we do find us on all the social media platforms right we're on twitter we're on facebook do we have an instagram yet. we do
1: have an instagram an
0: instagram get on there we post all sorts of funny pictures follow us on facebook we've been posting a lot of news articles to keep you abreast of all the geeky stuff and also like comment and share on everything we do we like to hear back from your feedback so that being said on behalf of everyone here at therefore i geek i'm the dude i'm becky and you guys be well. The wait is almost over! May 21st and 22nd, Tidewater Comic-Con returns to the Virginia Beach Convention Center. Come be a part of the largest comic book convention in Virginia. Meet celebrity guests Ernie Hudson, Sam Jones, Karen Ashley, Steve Bloom. Rub elbows with Marvel and DC comic book creators like Jay Lee, Jerry Conway, and Arthur Saddam. Shop around with some of the best comic book dealers and vendors in the country. And that's not all. If you love Batman, Spidey, Wonder Woman, Hulk, Arrow, Flash, Star Wars, Doctor Who, then this is the show for you. You. We've got cosplayers, Q&A panels, Game Zone, trivia contests, tabletop gaming room, four Batmobiles, and so much more! Advance passes start at only $20, and all kids 12 and under get in free with a paid adult. Get your passes today at TyWaterComicon.com or find us on Facebook. Brought to you by Video Game Heaven, Comet Kings, Geico, Papa John's, and Studio Evolve Tattoo.